0: left right yo what's up thank you for joining uh this is an interesting episode beginning of a new presidential administration the biden administration so today's episode is the biden episode let me know what you think in the comments and i will see you on the other side this is sip talk grab a drink and enjoy Cheers. cheers, cheers, I'm here with James the Bosnian Boswell, professional accountant, professional referee, professional bartender, and philosopher. My name is Justin DiGiulio, I'm a real estate agent in New York City, and this is episode 70 sip talk we're calling tonight the biden episode uh i'm going to talk a little bit about biden because i think that's pretty prevalent right now with you know what's going on in the news and kind of around the world because it's pretty you know it's a pretty big deal i think president trump definitely left a lot in his wake but uh but now we now we got biden um but before we get into this i need a drink i'm going to open up a beer
1: james what are you drinking down there I'm doing Scotch on the Rocks tonight. Uh, what kind of Scotch? Uh, don't remember. It's a brand that my brother brought down. Um, if I run out of this, I'll probably go to the Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve.
0: Oh, nice,
1: nice. Um, so,
0: yeah, we're talking about the Biden episode because the inauguration as of us recording this was yesterday. And I, I swear to God on this. I woke up this morning, and on the news, they were saying how the outlook for coronavirus is getting better, the rates are going down, and the hospitals aren't as worried.
1: He's been and president for one day.
0: That was literally so, but obviously, and they weren't saying that he had anything to do with it. It's just that literally the day of, the narrative has has changed.
1: Yeah, and well. Uh, Kind of talking about the narrative changing, I don't know if you followed this at all, but um, so Fauci is back doing coronavirus task force press conferences. I caught a little of him today. Yeah, and he, in as diplomatic a way as possible, basically said, this is really refreshing.
0: Yeah, I caught that. I don't think, so here's, here's my thinking on, on Fauci. Um, obviously very smart very smart guy knows what he's talking about I don't think necessarily though that he should be running um, effectively the United States because what the media wants to do is at least with Trump is they wanted to say that everything Fauci doing is the right way Trump trying any other way is, is not correct I just don't I think that a doctor doesn't know as much about the finance the country and business but
1: and that's problem. not what he was doing and that's not what he was being asked to do sure but it was he was
0: really a spokesperson and they were pitting him against trump and i, I didn't like the narrative that the media built there obviously it was really trump pitting himself against Donald everybody trump. yeah it's just but but i i really they basically you know we were looking at uh, it, it just seemed to me like they were saying fauci should run the country trump should take a back seat And and that's why I think
1: Uh, I think that's an exaggeration of what the media was saying or what certain areas of the the country are saying. Um, I think it was more along the lines of when it comes to the scientific approach to how we should be handling things and and where we should be basing our policy decisions on, we should be letting people like Dr. Fauci take the lead and listen to their input above other people who don't have a science background and might not necessarily want policies that are going to result in the best public health benefit.
0: Uh, yeah, I, you, you're, you're correct on that. I just, I think that they were just kind of pitted as opposites and, you know, it should have been. Well,
1: in a lot of ways they were. Well, yeah,
0: it, it, yeah, they, they were. And, you know, Fauci definitely knows what he's talking about and from for. The majority of everything that he says typically does not.
1: And I thought he was onto something when he was talking about um, sunlight and bleach.
0: <laughs> I watched that live and I was like, what the fuck is he is he saying? There's some way we can just inject the sunlight into the body.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I thought that there was a lot to go on there. Um, I, I really wish that, that more of his supporters tried this out because I think that, I mean, it's an untested theory and we just don't know what would have happened. It could have cured it. Um, it would have had positive results either way.
0: Yeah, it, it, it could have. Um, I, I disagreed with Fauci, kind of not... The whole thing, what was it, the drug hydro...
1: Hydroxychloroquine, it? which Hydroxychloroquine. subsequently has been proven to do fuck all.
0: No, well, no they're, they're, they're saying it's, it's, it's done some stuff.
1: But really, it shouldn't have come from Trump. And I think Trump was just proud that he could pronounce a word with that many syllables.
0: Yeah, well, that is that is a possibility to It made him sound smarter than,
1: than he was. But I think a more realistic w- is that he I, and I never was able to connect the dots on this one, but that he stood for somehow personally to financially gain from hydroxychloroquine from one of the manufacturers or whatever. I don't really uh, know. But well, it's,
0: it would not surprise me, but it's, it's my understanding that there were cases that it did
1: help. But really what the more recent science shows that it really doesn't do anything or at times is harmful.
0: But it, you know, I heard it's not it's not very dangerous. And, I, you know, I, I listened to listen to a lot of Dr. Drew and he talks about it a lot. And he's just like, I don't understand what all this backlash on hydroxychloroquine is.
1: Well, but because Trump made it such a big thing, that's anything exactly. that Trump talks about becomes politicized.
0: And that's and that that was the biggest issue with uh, with with Trump um
1: but but to fauci's credit i think he said like hey we don't have any evidence this works right now like if we do some more trials and we figure out that it works then great but we shouldn't be just recommending something because like it's it's untested and one person thinks it's a good idea so i'm gonna side with fauci on this one too
0: well fair enough yeah and that's not how science works we're gonna say one person the way that science works is one person does something and gets a result and everyone else tries to prove them wrong that's, that's basically the way science works. So um, I want I wanted to talk about, uh, yeah, but basically one person doing something doesn't mean it's a success. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Biden agenda. Um, a couple other things just well, let's can we talk about the mask mandate that basically making masks in public uh, places like public transportation, airplanes, wherever else, they're making
1: masks a mandate, they're making it law. It's my um, Okay. What, I'll, I'll let you lead on your thoughts. No, I just, I think,
0: I had a, I had a conversation with George. You know George? Yep. Um, a very Republican. And, you know, I got mad about the whole mask thing. And, you know, because we were kind of going back and forth. And he just said, like, it's not the law. And I, you know, and then, you know, and then I just kind of took a step back and was like, well, it's silly that it's not the law. Like it just, it should just be the law. Um, this- well, let me
1: chime in real quick there about wearing masks. This is, a, this is not original, but I thought that this put it to um, put the, the issue in a really good context where someone says, basically, I wear masks whenever I go out in public. And I know that it's not the law and I'm okay, even if, if, to those of you who say that masks are ineffective or don't work or anything, um, I say, if it turns out that you're right and that masks don't really do anything, then I'm happy to have made a small personal sacrifice because I did it in the idea of protecting myself and more importantly, others. So if I'm going to make a mistake, I wanna do it because I was trying to protect others and be a good citizen. Yeah,
0: if you you were wrong, there's no implication. And the, the, the flip side of the coin is if they are wrong, there are massive implications.
1: Right. And also, if I'm wrong, I did it for the right reasons, which is I'm trying to protect other people. Look, I, as somebody who has a
0: five o'clock shadow ish amount of facial hair on a regular basis, wearing a mask pisses me off more than anybody else. But I am, you know, I, I always wear it, I almost always wear it in public places. Uh, there's twice I went into a gas station not wearing a mask, completely forgot um but obviously i keep it well,
1: in and there's mind. honest mistakes and then uh, there's choosing to be obstinate but, but it's yeah
0: but but i think the pushback so and he was he had a george had a good point he said you yeah, know it's not it's not the law they make it the law i have no problem doing it um which i is, just
1: look at that as that's that's myopic
0: it's it's a bit more of a dickish stance but it's that's fine i can uh, like i'm not going to argue with you not, you know, I'm not going to argue over your personal choices, but um, the people that were saying that, it, you know, it's uh, infringing on my freedom of speech, uh, I, you know, and it's not law. I can't, you know, I should be able to walk into a Walmart because that's public property and not wear a mask. Well, Walmart is not exactly public property. It's owned by the Walden family. It's a, you know, and it, unless you're out in a public park, it's really not public space so you have to respect the people that operate the establishment yeah <laughs> and then the other the other thing i was thinking of was people complaining they are breathing their own carbon dioxide and there was a lot of pushback saying you can't make me breathe my own carbon dioxide and
1: yeah. you, you breathe your own methane all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's and
0: that smells worse um but <laughs> the uh the carbon dioxide thing like you just think there's like lots of people that have to wear a mask like my sister works in a hospital and she has a mask on the entire shift sometimes super super long shifts
1: um, um you yeah. can watch any number of videos of people going out and running like a half marathon with the mask
0: i was running with a mask on um and going to the gym with a mask on the gym the the mask was just getting absolutely soaked with sweat but i you know still doing it. and it wasn't that bad but at, there were times when I was running, doing sprints or something like that, where the mask was really bothering me. Um, but that's like, you know, heart rate, like 180 beats per minute, not not standing or walk, strolling through a store. So uh, I just, I think that's a shitty argument. That oh, yeah, it totally breathing is. Breathing your own carbon dioxide. <laughs> um, I got some other pet peeves that have bothered me a hell of a lot this week, but I'm going to skip over those. I want to get into the Biden agenda which you have some notes in the Biden agenda. So anything you wanted to start with first, because I got a couple of notes, a couple of thoughts, but but you, I know you put together a little list.
1: Um, I'm thinking about starting economically, and I've got two items to discuss. The first, is, and, and we don't have to address them in this order, they're just the two items, either student loan debt and the idea of forgiveness for student loan debt, and whether a national minimum wage raise to $15 an hour is a good idea? Uh,
0: okay. So let's start the student loan. Are they thinking about forgiving student loan?
1: Yeah. there. Um, the two policies that I've seen out there, well, there's three, but one of them is pretty unrealistic. Um, well, there's four if you count do nothing. So you either do nothing, you do a blanket forgiveness of the first $10,000, the first $50,000, or the unrealistic one is forgive it all.
0: Okay.
1: Um and, and there's merits to each one of those ideas.
0: I mean, it just it seems unfair to forgive ten thousand dollars worth of student loans when, you know, you're basically the same student could have graduated the same high school and just picked a different college and taken on a, a, a huge amount of debt to go to that college. I think well, I think the two people taking that debt are probably pretty similar from the start-off point. I don't know the payback point though, so.
1: Well, so here, here's, some, here's some other fairness considerations. Um, so I graduated with no student debt. And on my second round of schooling that I've been doing for the last three years, I don't have any student debt. I haven't taken out any loans. I've paid for the tuition out of pocket. And if I were to have taken student loan debt and then have it forgiven, I'd be $10,000 better right now, if I had taken out $10,000 worth of student loans. So I feel like if you're forgiving some student loan debt, but the people who paid out of pocket or whatever get nothing, that's kind of unfair because you're rewarding the people who took out the loans. Not that that's an irresponsible decision, but it's kind of, the the philosophical term is accidental. Where mm-hmm. it's accidental whether one person or another had a student loan. So why are we kind of just roughshodding it and saying, well, the student loan people get money and the people who didn't take student loans, like the expense of education was the same for me versus somebody else. I just happen to be able to pay for it. Um, But why is it that somebody else gets the money and I don't? And then the the other question is, for some people, $10,000, like one of the uh, partners at my firm has like $9,800 in student loan debt. And he's like, $10,000 would be perfect, man. It, it, it's like, I'm almost exactly where I want to be. Like, I'm, I'm getting 98, 99% of this benefit. And then oh. I don't have student loan debt. But for someone who has $200,000 of student loan debt, $10,000 isn't doing much. Well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. $10,000 is one year of your interest. But also, who, Not even.
0: Where is this money going to? Directly to the banks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... You know, that's my that's that's the only thing I think is funny is that we're paying the banks here and the banks took on a risk. Um you
1: know, I Yeah, and what are the banks gonna do with that money? Well, really there's only one thing that the banks are gonna do is they're going to take that money and either invest it or more likely they're just gonna loan it back out again.
0: Yeah, they're going they're gonna loan the money out, exactly. So
1: So I would say that if you if you're going to do this massive debt forgiveness or whatever, then you'd probably have to pair it with some kind of a program where people that traditionally have trouble getting loans from banks, I'm thinking particularly like minority owned businesses, Mm -hmm. you need to make some kind of a program to increase capital and liquidity for minority owned businesses, because if we're giving all this effectively free money directly to the banks, sure, the students are, de- are benefiting because they have less debt, but the banks are getting the money. And so if we're going to say you guys are going to get this huge benefit of all this money just coming in and wiping out some of your um, your assets, you know, tra- tra- um, con- converting some of your assets from one, from one level of liquidity to the maximum level of liquidity, well, you need to do something to give back for this huge windfall that you're about to get. And that's going to have to come in the form of increasing your availability of capital to people that wouldn't have otherwise traditionally qualified for a loan. Well, could the, could the government buy the debt? So, the uh, gov- yeah, a, but the, if the discount. government buys the debt, where's the money going?
0: At a discount though, is, is kind of the downside for the banks on that one. Well, I mean, banks probably, The banks have probably sold, sold it in many cases anyways.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't matter because the thing is the banks are going to have it. Let's say you owe $20,000 to me and that's due over the next 10 years. And the estimated amount of interest that that's going to earn over the next 10 years is let's call it $8,000. Well, the banks are going to get $20,000 right now. They're not going to get those future interest payments and they're going to be able to make that future interest back by by turning around and immediately loaning that money back out and just starting collecting interest on a different loan. So It doesn't really make all that. The only thing that you could do in in terms of buying it back at a discount is if you're to do like some kind of a present value calculation, but it, it doesn't make much sense because then if you buy the, if you buy the loans back at lower than face value, then now the banks are not making as much money as they could have if they just didn't take the deal. So now you're not being fair to the banks because that person might've been able to pay off that debt and the bank would have gotten 100% of their money plus the interest payments. And now if the government's offering 80 or 90 cents on the dollar, well, now the banks aren't getting as much money. They, they just take a straight up loss on that loan and sure, they get the money back, but it's a loss.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually, you know it, there's, there's a larger discussion to be had here but I'm not sure that I'm crazy with just a kind of blanket student loan forgiveness or I just, start,
1: think or just I, a certain I, amount
0: because it, you know, like I look at the $1,200 that the government gave us, which, you know, me who runs a business, $1,200 did absolute shit for me, you know, like I'm getting the printer repaired tonight. That, that'll probably cost 600 bucks right there. Like it, it, it's, it's just, it's not the same. Uh, and the business was able to take out a loan but we took out that loan during a time where we thought we only needed it for two or three months. And, you know, we obviously stood to be corrected. But I don't know, crap situation. What was, what was the other side of the
1: financial? The other, the other main financial question I had was about minimum wage of $15 an hour. Uh, and we live in two very different markets. So $15 an hour in New York City and $15 an hour in Charleston, South Carolina. And fifteen dollars an hour in, um, I don't know, a rural midwestern town.
0: Yeah,
1: are two are three completely different things. I consider Charleston to be kind of middle of the road. New York, obviously, about as high cost of living as you can get in the United States, with the exception of maybe San Francisco and certain parts of L.A. Yeah, but, um, Charleston's kind of middle of the road of like an up and coming metropolitan area where the cost of living is medium and then you could live out in the boonies where like it's super cheap. Yeah. I'm and not- for in New York City, like most businesses are probably paying $15 an hour or more anyways because that's just kind of what has to happen because nobody can work for less than that. And in Charleston, like my brother just moved down here, he just got a job and he's making $12 an hour. And he's okay with it. He'd like more, obviously, but he can survive on twelve dollars an hour in Charleston with a roommate. And you have to look at what what are the the gross receipts and everything of a business in Charleston versus a business in New York City, and what yeah. are your what are your costs? And because you can make a lot more money in New York City than you can in Charleston, so it's going to cost you more to operate there because. <laughs> Well, the, you the have higher it, opportunity.
0: In, in New York city, it costs a lot more to run a business. And, you know, I think about minimum wage, I instantly, even though I don't think waiters and, and restaurant workers get the same minimum wage. I don't know. I know waiters don't, um, but I don't know if there's a bartender or kitchen staff dif- difference. So
1: kitchen staff is going to be, has to be paid at least minimum wage. You can get away with any employee that receives tips They can re their minimum wage is like two thirteen or two twenty five an hour, and it's a a silly, silly low rate. So
0: what I'm saying is, I'm thinking right now though about the fact that none of those people are even working because all the restaurants in New York City are closed. They're mm doing for takeout only, but to ramp up a restaurant for takeout only or outdoor seating, but most of the places. Uh, have who's
1: much- doing outdoor seating in middle of January. There's still some places
0: open. Some of them are half enclosed, but for the most part, like people looking to eat out aren't counting on the, their restaurant, having a substantial outdoor heated area. Um, and it's, it's just, it's abysmal, you know, what's, what's going on with the restaurant economy. Um, but I, you know, I can't imagine them being able to spring back and then just pay everybody $15 an hour. Um, you know, I'm a business owner and I can only imagine if uh you know if my mini, if my bottom line went up twenty-five percent when it came to well
1: money. so here, let me let me address something with the restaurant thing because if you haven't worked in restaurants, you wouldn't know this. So the minimum uh, wage can I
0: just can call you I just want to say I'm looking right now, says New York State, New York City twelve dollars, fifteen dollars. Can I tell you I've never made more than nine dollars an hour in any job I've ever worked? So uh, like it's, it's, it's crazy to think, and I'm sure $15 an hour you do the math still isn't very much money, but
1: about $30,000 a year if you're full-time, but still like, you know, I, I, uh,
0: you know, I've never made that much money. So, so that's why sorry to interrupt. Go All
1: right. Ahead. So when you talk about a minimum wage of $12 an hour, or $15 an hour, and its impact on restaurants. So if you are a tipped worker. You could still keep that $2.13 minimum wage because as, as long as your tips, your declared tips bring your, your wage, your effective wage above whatever the minimum wage is, then the restaurant don't, doesn't have to pay you anything more than the two thirteen dollars an hour. So like, let's say I work a 10 hour shift at, and I make $20 an hourly wages. Okay. <laughs> minimum wage is let's call it $8 an hour, Right. So that means that I need to clear 80. So as long as my declared tips on the day were 60 or higher, then the restaurant doesn't have to pay me anything more than the $2 an hour. And now, you- if my, t- my declared tips are lower, so let's say I had declared tips of 40. So I've got $20 an hourly plus 40 of tips, and I, my minimum wage would need to be 80. The restaurant just needs to pay me that $20 difference to get me up to $80. Uh-huh. So if you were to have a minimum wage of 15 or $20 an hour, it might not affect restaurants that much, if their servers and bartenders are making enough tips to clear that twenty dollars an hour, the restaurant doesn't have to kick in a dime.
0: Well, that, I guess you know that's interesting. Doesn't apply now because nobody's working restaurants in New York City. Obviously, I don't know about the rest of the country. I just, I just want to continue to focus on how shitty New York City is right now and why I can't imagine why anybody. Who want to move there and work on one of these jobs.
1: Well, you're really promoting your business right now.
0: It's, it's, I, I'm just like, they, they've just, they've, they've the, gov- the local city government has made it such a miserable place to live. Um, I don't like, literally I've been walking through the same, to the same subway uh, and from the same subway a couple of times a week. And there's just people uh, yesterday, just standing in the middle of the hallway uh, doing something with some needles, probably pulling some heroin. In the, but they were standing, they weren't like crouched in the corner or laying down on the ground. They were just standing up, putting shit in needles. They're gonna poke it into each other, some shit. Today, I saw somebody just smoking some shit underground in you know in a subway tunnel. And I'm just like, I've never seen somebody fucking smoke a cigarette without getting in trouble. And I, I you know, I, on my way in, there was no police. I passed them no police. I went up to the subway platform, no police. And, you know, half the time, even if there is police, they're not going to do shit about it. So
1: it's... Are you supporting Andrew Yang for mayor? uh, So another interesting... I know we're supposed to be talking
0: about Biden, but I'm curious. uh, I I I don't follow city politics super close. I know Andrew Yang is running. I think that's actually really exciting. Not a huge Andrew Yang fan, but I'd like to see him... I'd like to see him compete a little bit more. He didn't, he didn't really have a great shot at the presidency.
1: He didn't get a good shot. He wasn't given a chance. But but yeah, but I'd like, I'd like to
0: see, I'd like to see him on the mayoral stage and I'd like to see who's running against him. Obviously, if I think there's somebody better running against him, I'd probably go with the other person. Duh. But if it's somebody like the last election with uh, de Blasio and Joe somebody, it would be an easy Andrew Yang vote for me. I don't know about the rest of the city. I, I'm, I'm doubting the entire rest of the city with who they've elected lately, so. All
1: right. Um, you know what I want to talk about for, it, it, let's get, as you pointed out, let's get back to Biden a little bit. Um, <laughs> back to Biden. Yeah, because we've been talking about uh, Biden all of about three minutes in <laughs> in a 35-minute podcast so far. Yeah, no, so, okay. um, so I would talk, I want to talk about just like the tone of Biden's first two days in the way that he's addressed the nation, the way that his press conferences, he's, he's already had one or two press conferences and the difference that, that tone, uh, tone You're of conversation, I wrote three words next to it, honesty, openness, and transparency. And I
0: think most of the conversation that he was bringing up was how many people voted for him and how the inauguration turned out. And how many people tuned in on TV? How many people were there? And really how he is, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, especially his TV ratings. That's he wouldn't he wouldn't shut up about that. <laughs> Who the fuck
0: cares? That's literally. All, I I was I was going. You know, I was looking at uh, kind of juxtaposing the two, and obviously, you know, you're not going to compare. Trump had a, a terrible turnout on
1: on inauguration day. And yeah but look at Biden had worse turnout. like why are, why are we not talking about how terrible Biden's turnout was on inauguration day?
0: <laughs> but but we weren't talking about how terrible Trump's turnout was. We we're talking about him telling everybody how it was a record. Turnout. <laughs> was just just like and you're just like right off the bat like
1: this yeah, is- and then and then like yeah, this is like two days in where someone's like, hey, we've looked at the pictures or whatever. And then Kellyanne Conway came up with the phrase of the year, which was alternative facts. yeah she's she's, that was two days in and the administration was like yeah well those are alternative facts Oh man that's wild that's
0: wild she her daughter is on social media and on tiktok
1: she's looking to be like emancipated yeah she
0: has made kellyanne conway's life a living hell
1: Oh, it's All right. just wild. Okay. Right. So okay, right. yeah. So, so like the, just honest. the tone of the conversation. Talk about how it feels different to you, because I think we can both agree it is different.
0: Well, because to me it sounds like Biden is talking to people and Trump was talking about himself. Just talking. It just wasn't <laughs> directed to anyone. Uh, you know, like I could go in a room and just start talking really loudly. Some people will choose to listen, other people will be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that he's talking about, he's, he's really trying to, um, it's, it's just wild that Trump came in saying everything was fake news, but that was like, that was his plan and, you know, and, he, and he created all this fake news, which was, it was wild to witness. And then you just, you're watching these people believe shit just because someone says it, which is. You know, I guess I was thinking if I was gonna drop this line in the podcast this morning, my, my ride into to the office. But just run with it. I, I mean, I, I feel shitty saying it. And, uh, and obviously, you know, I, I grew up religious. Um, very Catholic. But Trump's base is vastly uh, very religious people. From, uh, the, you know, from Jewish to Christian, obviously mostly Christian. But the thing I dislike about religion is they teach you to have faith blindly and just be uber trusting and not question anything. And they call it faith. And faith is something that I don't live my life by because it's never gotten me anywhere in my life. Um, you just didn't have enough faith. And that would be the counter argument to it. So I just had to be proactive. You know, if I wanted something to happen, if I needed a good job, I wouldn't just say I'm praying for a good job. I would go and look for a good job. But to, to make it a more concise point, blindly believing things that you hear is probably at the core of religion um and
1: some to some degree in a lot of religions it's kind of a it's not a central tenet that's stated but in practice
0: no it's yeah it's kind of the foundation for what they're delivering uh Yes, yes so um a lot of trump's followers were very religious and they looked at him and they didn't question what he said so that's, you know, I, I question everybody. You say shit and I second guess you. And then we have a good discussion about it. And, yeah. and it's exciting for you when you're wrong. And it's exciting for me when I'm wrong. I love learning new things and learning different perspective. And, if, and I love kind of challenging my belief system as it is because I like more information. So, you know, when you listen to somebody speak, when you listen to an authority speak and they don't make any sense, you know, you, you can't just believe that.
1: Yeah. And would you say that you like being mentally challenged
0: <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you want to say it like that
1: how long have you been mentally challenged
0: <laughs> uh as long as it gets me cash credits and free shit You <laughs> <laughs> um, we do
1: well, wear a helmet pretty regularly
0: I I do. I have not been on a motorcycle
1: in months. All right, back to Biden, back to Biden. Okay, so just, I think, so I listened to a little bit of his inauguration address. I wasn't able to catch much of it because I was super busy at work. But I think just the way that he talks is is kind of calming and reassuring in a way that I don't think we ever got from Trump, where he talked, his language, like, the thing that got to me that I I really liked was when he talked about how his whole soul is in it this dude's been in public service in in politics since he was 29 years old that's 40 years this has been his entire life and he's also he's old enough to know that this is probably going to be the last thing of significance that he does
0: very true he doesn't have much
1: I, I don't mean this in a negative sense but this is this is the only thing that he has to live for. Now, obviously, he has his family and everything, but I, I'm, I, I'm ignoring that. This is the only thing he has to live for. And I think you can we can argue about whether or not his policy ideas are correct or whatever. But I think it's pretty clear that this man genuinely cares and wants to make things better. Whether or not he'll uh, succeed.
0: Let me, let me ask you a question, though. He's, he's trying to run for office before for for the president uh, 1988 failed and this and i'm just making the converse argument here is that maybe maybe this is just on his bucket list um but i believe what you're saying i truly believe what you're saying. I,
1: I, I, yeah, yeah but i i just listen to the way he talks and when he says my whole soul is in it i just look at it as like this is this is his last act this is how he's going to go out and when he talked about I think it was during the coronavirus task force today, or maybe it was during the press conference yesterday. I don't really remember, but he talked about how I want to be honest with people about my successes and failures, where we're going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to tell you why we're going to do it. And then afterwards we're, if, if there's things that go wrong, we're not going to try and hide them. We're going to say, we messed up here. This is what we want to do better. I, yeah, I
0: caught, I caught those lines. And, I, I and that,
1: that to me is really important because we haven't gotten that for four years where if we messed up, it's somebody else's fault or that didn't happen or, or that's fake news or you're just trying to make us look bad. But no, every our, our, our ideas are perfect and I don't know what you're talking about. And that gets really old really fast. Yeah, yeah, no, and, it,
0: and, it, and it did. And, and I wasn't surprised that it happened. I was very well prepared for it to happen.
1: But. I don't think anything about what happened in Trump's presidency was a surprise. I think, he, like, they're, they're, sure, there are specific events that you wouldn't be able to predict, but if you were to say, here's the tone of the presidency or whatever, I, I think that you could have nailed that before he even got elected. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think very
1: much so as well. Um, so so I, I, I don't know. I find the tone refreshing where he, he's willing to treat people with respect. There's a humility about him. And these are not my words, but I remember back in the summer when when it was, like, right after but it was clear that Biden was going to be the nominee and everything. Jon Stewart was on talking with, I think, Colbert, and I love Jon Stewart. And he was talking about how during the primaries, Biden wasn't his guy. He said, I was always in the Sanders and Warren camp. I identify more with their politics. I like them better. But now that I think about it with the pandemic and all this stuff that's happening in this country and the divide and I look at Biden as a person and I look at his personal history, specifically the loss that he has suffered of losing his first wife, of losing his son. And this is a man that has just kind of been sculpted by, by grief and loss. And he wasn't my guy during the primaries. But now that we're in this moment and things have changed, he I think that sometimes the moment demands a certain type of person. And he says, Biden's my guy now because I think he understands what this nation needs because he's experienced it.
0: Yeah. A uh, quick question just came in. Blonde's had more fun. Do you think he'll last four years? You th- let me just ask right off the bat health. Do you think he has the health to last four years?
1: I don't know. I think, I think so. that's a fair question to ask. I mean, um, I, I, I
0: don't, I mean, sure. If he, if he lives four years, he's going to come out into a high stress position. But I mean,
1: you can look at any president at the beginning of their term and the end of their term.
0: True, true. But 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 realistically, um, health wise, the guy's almost 80 years old. Look at anybody else, you know, that's 80 years old.
1: I think he looks pretty good for 80.
0: I think he looks pretty good for 80 as well. So if you, know, if you look at somebody else who's 80 years old and expect him to live to 88 or 90.
1: Um, Here's my concern with his health is not necessarily his physical health but I think his mental health at times you've seen him lose his train of thought at times you've seen him get off message and not be able to get back on. And so I think that he he's fine right now, but dementia sometimes can come on pretty quickly. And I'd be afraid that after two or three years, it might get to the point where I think that right now, even if, even here's, here's what I'm going to say. Even if Biden doesn't make it four years, if we get, one or two good years out of him and he can kind of just stabilize things and bring bring our national stature on the world level back to a point where people take us seriously Mm -hmm. and respect us again and he can kind of calm down the tone in this country and get people to stop yelling at each other all the time even if he can do that i would consider his presidency a success just to fix the if he can just undo a portion of what happened in the last four years, well, and, I think- and if he has to retire or if he dies before he finishes his term or whatever, if he's able to accomplish those things, I will consider him to have done a good job.
0: Yeah, and I think that is definitely the message that that he's trying to deliver. So
1: I think he's doing that. a good job at it so far, yeah. and we've got good. we got a lot to work with. It's been a day and a half. Yeah, exactly. But coronavirus is looking
0: better, so. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I listened to the news for another two hours this morning, waiting for them to repeat the same line, and I I didn't get it until again tonight. All All right, right.
1: I want to get your opinion on this because we touched on this, um, I think last week, right? Throw it out. Um, impeaching Trump, okay, do you think overall good thing, bad thing? What do you think will come out of it? What are kind of your hopes and fears when it comes to... Because I remember, I think it was either yesterday or today, they were talking about the upcoming impeachment trial of, uh, of Trump. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I, like yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that That's still going to happen. He's not president anymore, but he's still going to be on trial in I, the Senate.
0: I want... So I, um, I'm fine with it just disappearing. That's fine with me. But I do want to see how it runs through because I want to see um, how Congress and the Senate like I want to see because the thing is they they were so a lot of those people were afraid they were going to be killed by the mob.
1: Um, the mob made it very clear that that was their goal.
0: Yeah so a lot of people were actually afraid for their lives and the immediate response to that was you know because they knew that what Trump had just said um, a lot of a lot of people were very upset with from, and you know, with time, people tend to let stuff, you know, things lie. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to lose a lot of that steam, but I'm curious to, I'm just kind of curious, you know, who flips in which direction and who sticks to their guns with that. That's, that's the reason I want to see it play out because I want to see like who really was truly scared and belie- you know, and, and was actually terrified for their lives
1: um well let me ask you this do you think that he should be convicted in the senate
0: did you listen to the did you listen to him some of it yeah did you catch if you caught the audio clips and um so they shut down the parlor app but i Mm -hmm. heard i heard that he tried to join parlor as person x or something like that that was going to be his his username and he was trying to join basically as the president and they, and they shut him down from that.
1: Um, I don't know anything about that. But, but so no. you're not answering my question.
0: No, well, here, I, I'm going to. I'm just kind of throwing some supporting things out there. I think a lot of what he's done has been really kind of inciting the, this, the riot that happened. Um, and I, I think he's, I think he was really bad for the country. Oh, Yeah. So I think there needs to be, to a degree, some repercussion from that. Um, and, you know, I, I just think he was really bad for the country. I, my, my biggest issue with Trump was that he was so divisive. You know, like same thing with the birtherism with uh, Obama. Like, like I, you know, I, I don't understand what he was, he was just trying to drive a wedge into whatever was going on and and
1: his credit he was really good at it
0: he was and he was pinning people against each other and i don't think a leader should do that no I, I don't think a coach of a team should have half the team hate the other half of the team i just I, you know even though you know one of the part of the team might be offense one part of the team might be defense you can't hit them against each other
1: and I at the end of the day we win and lose together yeah, and, and that was
0: my biggest issue with Trump. And I don't I don't know that much about his policy. I you know I know that so the immigration thing, that's a tricky thing because the media the media was really in charge
1: of. Look, we're getting off topic. I want to keep this to impeachment for right now. We can talk about immigration later. Well,
0: I I, I think the impeachment needs to go through. And I'm curious. I I don't think they should stop the impeachment.
1: It's not. No, no, no. the the, the impeachment was already passed by the House. Yeah. By, by the Constitution, the Senate must hold a trial.
0: Yeah, so, so that, yeah.
1: that's going to happen in some form.
0: And I, I want—I just—I want to see how the the votes are cast. That's all, and that's that's all I got to say about that. Okay. I think
1: I I'm going to take a much stronger stance than you. I think that this is one where if you don't impeach him, if you don't, if you actually, if you don't convict him on the articles of impeachment in this case then you can't impeach anybody and convict them in the future. Because if there were ever an impeachable offense, this would be it. Is This man lost an election, spent months telling his supporters lies about the election. On the day that Congress is certifying the vote against him, he has a rally less than a mile and a half away from the Capitol During which, now, we can argue about how responsible he is for the language of people that spoke before him. But he is aware of what they were saying, like when Rudy Giuliani said, and I quote, trial by combat. So having heard all of the things that were spoken before he got up on stage, and knowing what he has been telling people up until this point, knowing where he is, the number of people he has around him. He then says, "We're going to march to the Capitol, and we're going to stop them from stealing this election." Yeah, I, I... that's about as clear as it gets. Where he has told the crowd what to do and where to go. So even if you want to say he, he and even if you want to say, and this is true, that he said, "Be peaceful." He has said, "Go from here to there." so when things happen there he has responsibility for that and if you ask any you can see this from the videos or the interviews with the people that have been subsequently arrested for the events in the capitol that day that they said i was told by trump to come here yeah no you 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 don't this is not one of these ones where you need like one of those like push button maps with the cloth and stuff to connect (laughs) the lines and everything to say yeah it gets no this is like one button here, and you draw a straight line, and you say, this happened, this happened, we don't need to worry about how we got there, it's easy. No, yeah, You're that's not going it. to convict a, pre- a sitting president for inciting a riot with the intent of overthrowing an election that he legitimately lost. So you can't convict anybody for anything ever again.
0: You, you, you definitely, that perspective and the way you contextualized it, um i you know i i I like how you said it and yeah i think i think he should be impeached and you know obviously he can't be removed from office he's out but there's a lot of other things that come with being formally impeached impeached
1: um what do the comments say
0: uh I, i haven't been uh you know we we have viewers from both sides so we have people that watch from different countries what do the commenters have to say to what i just said Well, uh, he's accepted his loss because he caused a riot. I don't want to get too, too much into it because we got comments coming from both sides. But for the most part, a lot of people agree. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Trump was bad for everybody. He lied for four years. Yeah, I mean, most people are on that side. A lot of people, you know,
1: probably a, a little quieter because the person they liked is gone. And yeah, but again, it's not even about whether or not you like Trump. You have to look at his actions in the specific context and say, is this something that meets the grounds for impeachment? Is this something that we can allow to happen? Because if we don't punish it now, it will happen again.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you have a really good point. Um, so uh, let's bring up another point on Biden, because we're still talking about Trump. I don't want to get too, too much into going back on Trump policing okay what is what is what does he say about policing and, and i'm guessing it's on the more liberal end of things
1: i actually don't know what his his policies are on policing but let's talk and uh, I, I, I need to look them up but I, these are just ideas that i wrote down because i think one of the other big issues of the last year is how we police this country and how our specifically black people treated by police and is it fair
0: um yeah uh, okay but i'm curious what biden's stand is on that um, i feel like i feel like the majority of the liberal response is just a roll back police uh and that's a terrible response and i'm in a very liberal city where the police don't give a shit anymore and there's the crime is skyrocketing
1: okay here we go i got his po- here's This is from Joe Biden's website, his official website, and it's on criminal justice. And I'm gonna just read each one as a paragraph. I'm just gonna read the first sentence. So here are, according to him, word for word, his core principles. We can and must reduce the number of people incarcerated in this country while also reducing crime. Two, criminal justice system cannot be just until we root out racial, gender, and income-based disparities in the system. Three, criminal justice system must be focused on redemption and rehabilitation and the implication of that is there's either retribution or rehabilitation and he is saying we need to have rehabilitation and then the last one is no one should be profiteering off of our criminal justice system and that's probably, probably primarily addressing private prisons yeah so if I were to have to interpret this but it's the, going to the, be
0: the first few of those are very complex solutions that he hasn't. Well, well, had, he doesn't have any solution on. So He's saying we have, we should have less people in jail isn't a, isn't a solution to policing or anything like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking for actual policy proposals. Let me keep on going. And and you know
0: and it's not reducing the number of minorities. <clears throat> in prison isn't isn't a policy, you, you know, the police policy isn't arrest less Hispanic people, less- uh, Okay, so less.
1: here are some of his proposals mm-hmm. for dealing with racial disparities. And again, I'm just reading the first sentence, They it goes into more detail. So one, expand and use the power of the Justice Department to address systemic mis- misconduct in police departments and prosecutor's offices. So that's gonna be, have the federal government start investigating local and state police departments that have patterns of abuse specifically to minorities. I think that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I I agree.
1: Establish an independent task force on prosecutorial discretion. So when, when when you're arrested or whatever, the prosecutor has a choice as to whether or not they actually want to bring this case to trial. And so you can say that's giving a lot of power to one person that's kind of unchecked. And that's a case where if you're black or white, the choice that the prosecutor makes in terms of if and what charges to bring to trial might be radically different. Well, I, I as a prosecutor,
0: you're probably going to go after the easier, you know, the easier people to prosecute, and
1: typically, yeah. that's your minority crowd.
0: So that's, I like the fact they're touching
1: on that. Here's another one, all right? So, invest in public defender's offices to ensure defendants' access to quality counsel. So, basically, more funding for public defenders, okay? Mm-hmm. Eliminate mandatory minimums, so that's going to be a just sentencing guidelines, so that there's no longer minimum sentences for certain crimes. Um, end once and for all the difference between the way that crack cocaine and powder cocaine are punished. Decriminalize the use of cannabis and automatically expunge all prior cannabis use convictions. Wow. End all incarceration for drug use alone. So basically, if you're a a non-violent drug offender, and the only thing you're in there for is possession or use of drugs, not in connection with any other crime, and your your, your sentence is um, ended. Next one. Really?
0: so, So you can use drugs, but you can't buy or sell them.
1: This is all right. I'm just going to continue. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the whole proposal here. Just listen to it. Biden believes that no one should be imprisoned for the use of illegal drugs alone. Instead. He'll require federal courts to divert these treatments, these these individuals to drug courts so that they receive treatment in addition to their substance abuse disorder problems. He'll incentivize states to put the same requirements in place, and then he'll expand funding for federal, state, and local drug courts. So that's going to be, if you get caught with drugs, like all your, all your friends in New York City on the subway, like shooting up, you're not going to jail. You're going to be going to a drug court where you're going to be trying, we're going to try and get these people into treatment so that they can address the actual problem which is the drug use Let me tell um
0: you, these people are not showing up to their trial date. But half of them have shoes so.
1: okay next next one expand other effective alternatives to detention um i'm going to skip over that one because it's vague eliminate the death penalty
0: well that's going to increase the number of people in prison
1: though <laughs> um not really <laughs> sorry go ahead um, eliminate the death penalty, which I fully stand behind. Um, I don't think that it's right for our government to be killing people.
0: Yeah, I, I always, I, I, I'm not sure on the death penalty
1: one. I, uh, well, we'll have to have a debate about that one because, uh, all right, but anyways, next one. And again, um, that's
0: just to so what we're talking about. These are Biden initiatives.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip over to the next one because it's it basically use clemency power to commute unduly long sentences for certain nonviolent drug crimes, whatever, and the criminalization of poverty. Subtext is going to be ending cash bail and stop jailing people for being too poor to pay fines and fees. Okay. But, um, but
0: this so the end it end criminalizing poverty. So what what does that have to do with homeless people? Well. And people sleeping, you know, in the
1: street. Well, the argument would be that homeless people sleeping in the street is not really a crime issue.
0: I'm sure. And I'm, 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 I'm not saying. It's an
1: issue for sure. But is that a crime issue or is that something that we can address other ways? But, but they're not touching on that, you know. Well, I haven't finished reading all of them and I closed out of the browser. But the <laughs> point is. Actually,
0: I, I, saw, I saw the window close. uh so I got, a, I got a good comment I want to read uh, on the police. Is, it, is that Corey? Cool? I got to scroll back up. Of
1: course. There. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Um, Corey Wilson says, so I'm actually former police spokesperson, civilian, black, liberal. The defund the police stance is flawed. Many officers agree reform is needed, but departments have much tighter budgets than people know. Um, but police culture definitely needs to change. Uh, but I could go on forever about this. So... can i respond to him her yeah sure
1: oh sure so i think that the the defund the police movement is severely mis-messaged yeah yeah because i don't think that, that sure there's some people that actually want to just defund the police in the literal sense of it of we're taking away their funding i don't think that's a good idea and i think that having the phrase defund the police it's a toxic phrase. It does not get people on board with the cause that they actually want, which is what Corey is saying of finding ways to reform. Reform, Re- reform. And,
0: police reform should be should be the phrase, not and, defund the
1: police. Like I think that the, the police need to be given a different set of tools because. And also we need to change our expectations of what the police actually need to address because a lot of times police are being called into situations that are not crime issues. They are domestic issues. They are mental illness issues. They are drug use issues that might be better addressed by someone with a social worker, a mental health background. And so if you were to turn the phrase defund the police into rethink policing, I think you'd get a lot more support and it might mean that we have less officers walking walking the streets, because if we have more people addressing the problems that cause crime, instead of the crime itself, we wouldn't need so many police. And another phrase that just comes into my head is like the tool, what are the tools that we give police officers to do their job?
0: Yeah, that's true. No, a, no, what
1: are the tools? They have a gun. Handc- a a gun, gun. Baton. And, baton, and, uh, and what? Handcuffs. handcuffs and pepper spray so the phrase that comes into my mind is if you're holding a hammer everything looks like a nail
0: yeah fair enough fair enough but you know i i just you know what what i think is wild you know is when when there's police like surrounding a guy and the guy makes a sudden move and they shoot
1: him 53 times
0: like that seems wild to me they're shooting this guy, you know. Like somebody should just take a shot in his fucking thigh or something.
1: Mm, that's a bad idea.
0: Well, but shooting him fifty-three times, I think is fucking wild. Mm,
1: you have to understand the idea is if you now this is the ideological approach. The ideological approach is that if you are going to be firing your weapon, you are intending to kill the person that you are shooting. If you are not fire, if and you should not be firing your weapon unless that is your intention. Well, you're
0: stopping somebody that, you know, that, that might have a gun. That's 30 feet from you.
1: So if, if you genuinely think that they have a gun and they're going to pull it on you, then you better be shooting to kill, but shooting someone in the leg is that that's not appropriate. First of all, like it's not really going to work because they can still pull the gun out. And so, yeah, like I can understand shooting somebody 53 times because the idea is if we're shooting, it's because you're not supposed to be living after this. Now the question of when they make the decision as to when to shoot, that's the issue. Not what happens after they shoot. It's why did they shoot in the first place?
0: I, I just I watched this video, of this guy, clearly crazy guy, apparently broke into his girlfriend's house or something. But he just had his hand behind his back and the police were following him, following him. And and they're like, Don't do it, dude, don't do it. We don't want to kill you. Um, and then the guy just starts counting down from five and then whips his hand out from behind his back and gets shot 36 times.
1: So that's one where. Well, the guy was asking to be killed basically. But yes. the fact that he had been shot I,
0: so many times. Uh, you know, so how many I'm officers
1: sure. were there? Um, I don't know. Five or six. I literally. Okay. Could, I so know- if there's five or six. Do you know yeah. how long it takes to unload six rounds from a, from a semi-automatic pistol?
0: Yeah, probably four or five seconds. I don't know. No less more
1: if if you are a decent shot you could probably squeeze off three to four rounds per second out of a pistol
0: well you know
1: so to get to 36 shots that takes two seconds times six officers
0: well yeah i don't know i i just got a notification that police just killed an armed man in manhattan so um
1: i don't know the gun so I, thing, guess, I guess the heist went wrong the, the gun
0: thing is is just wild and and it's a little scary for me you know like i haven't i haven't lived in the suburbs for a long time but now every fucking you know you live in a doorman building on whatever floor you, you know you don't really worry that much um and the entry points to your to your home are singular um Whereas you know when you're in the suburbs and you're surrounded and you got windows and doors and shit and land around you, I freak the fuck out and it, you know it's it's almost scary to not own a gun out here.
1: Oh, uh, let's pick one more topic to wrap on.
0: Uh, well, I got a few things. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a few uh, that you know maybe we can talk about the next podcast. It is one you want. Yeah, to
1: we can do it continue because there'll be more time uh, for
0: Biden to do things before before you quit something whether it's the gym or a job or something like that, fully evaluate your effort. Uh, Cause I see that happen a lot in, in the, my real estate office. Uh, I got a lot of backlash when I told people they should give a gift to their boss. People were like, well, you're the boss, that's really shitty thing to do. Um, but I think it's, it, it. you know, I don't expect a gift from people, but it, I'm always like, oh, you, you like really care about your job um you know like i don't know it's we can go more into that um and then another one was should you snoop when you're dating someone or is ignorance bliss
1: ignorance and, is bliss don't like if you if you want to know ask them don't don't spy on them that that doesn't build trust in a relationship bad idea
0: well yeah no snooping you're gonna find whatever you're looking for you're gonna turn whatever you find into what you're looking for yeah uh, agree and, and then another one was dating at work um so these are these are definitely you know topics that we can elaborate on, uh, but I thought I'd throw them out there because you know they they've just kind of been uh, dating at
1: work is going to be a tough one to turn into a full hour unless we just let it become story time.
0: <laughs> um, all right, but but that's it. Is there anything else politically that uh, that you wanted to add? If anybody's watching this live, if you got a quick political question, especially this about Biden or about Trump, or you just want to air your opinion, whether you like Trump or you like Biden. Uh, um,
1: any comments li- that we should respond to real quick before we wrap? That we should respond to? Yeah. Uh,
0: probably not. Uh, <laughs> any uh, comments that we very much should not respond to? <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. Lisa said, shoot, shoot you can't see shooting that much. Uh,
1: but. Well, all right, here's some of the other, here's the other things that I wrote down that I didn't have a chance to get into for tonight. I'm just going to go with the topics right. so in the so topic one domestic terrorism and white supremacy how do we deal with this in the future two it, what like the people that were formally supporting trump that probably still support trump or whatever one what is their next move where do they go from here and two is how do we as a nation try and kind of deprogram the cult-like thinking that trump and en- and how do we kind of bring them back into the fold of America and democracy? Next, consequences for Ted Cruz, Hawley, the other senators and House, House Republicans that voted against certifying the election. Should there be should there be consequences for them? And if so, what should they be? Um, what are going to be the changes in our approach to, to COVID in this nation? I know we touched on it a little bit with the, the mask mandate. Another one is going to be um foreign affairs and kind and i use the term interventionism of what kind of a role should we play in the world and should that change how was it done in the last four years how has it been done in the last 20 years how should we move forward with that um oh. tax policy changes how are we going to address our national debt which has exploded by somewhere between like three and four trillion dollars this year oh
0: shit
1: so like, we are going to need to pay for this at some point. So what are we going to do in terms of how we tax and how are we going to make that fair? Mm. And should there be consequences for now former officials of the Trump administration? That's,
0: that's some good stuff. Uh, I, got, I got one more I want to add. And, yeah. and then we'll, we'll sign up here. Um, this may seem a bit far-fetched, but think about it. Um, A new American flag. Because right now, when I see an American flag, to me, it screams Trump and racism. And I I would be afraid to put an American flag outside of my lawn, because I know it would turn people off.
1: Okay. So if you're going to have to redesign the American flag, very quickly, give me a description of what it looks like.
0: Fucking a! Uh, I have it. Definitely wouldn't be a. Uh, have you seen the Black American flags that they have?
1: No, but come on, give me something here because I got an idea in my head.
0: I have, I have absolutely nothing. But I'm just telling you, like it's almost an opportunity. You know, at some point it may need to be changed, especially if we're looking at like incorporating some states or commonwealths or territories or Puerto Rico or whatever. Um, but I'm just telling you, the American flag right now does not is not a united feeling when you see that flag
1: here's my here's my american flag to unite the country in the very center of the flag is a monster truck (laughs) standing on the hood of the monster truck is a dude playing a heavy metal guitar the surrounding of it is a baseball stadium and a guy is hitting a home run over the monster truck the monster truck is jumping in the air over a series of cars uh, I, think I don't know how you can't get behind that.
0: I think you're going to get the same the same crowd that already likes the the current one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we should sign off. So, uh, James, I will talk to you next time. Everybody who's live. Thank you for joining. We will see you next time. Subscribe to SIP Talk Podcast. Look it up. Audio podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can watch us in video. Thank you guys for joining live and for participating and sending questions. We'll see you guys soon. All right. Laters. See ya. Yay, you made it to the end. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I genuinely super appreciate you listening and watching. So thank you for that. From my heart, truly. Thank you.
1: Uh, I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.